Hey, friends, welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I am one of your hosts, Kirk Smith. This week, we have a special episode. Graham K is uh, traveling. He is celebrating his uh, Colbert premiere. He's on, uh, in Europe on vacation. So we have a special episode this week. This week, we have an interview from uh, Jill Escher. She is our roving reporter. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, this is your comedian's guide to autism. I have a severely autistic son named JJ, who's uh, going to be 20 next week, and he is on the severe end. My co-host, Graham K has a higher-functioning uh, brother named Peter, who lives alone and uh, has a few jobs. We hope that uh, together we uh, represent kind of a part of the scope of the experience with autism. Neither Graham nor I have autism. We just have loved ones with autism, and this is just a podcast about uh, their lives and our attempts to, to keep them safe, happy, what we're learning, we try to pass on helpful tips and uh, information we hope you might find useful. Anyhow, this week we have Jill Escher, a roving reporter, doing an interview. Jill Escher is a philanthropist, I guess you could say. She helps fund genetic research into autism and gives us some insight into more of the scientific side of it. And we really appreciate her insight and her ability to connect with different people in the industry who are on the research side of it. But uh, in addition to that, she also puts together a couple of events surrounding autism. There's an annual one in the Bay Area, specifically I'm thinking of. And she bumps into to great people. This week she has the pleasure of interviewing Kristen Mason, who runs Benjamin's Hope. This project is very encouraging. I really connect with this as it is a project that goal is to try to help severely autistic adults, young adults who need a place to live as they grow older. And it's a partnership of private and public funding. Um, they are on Medicaid waivers, the the adults uh, with autism, but she had to fundraise for the initial chunk to get the thing going and get the thing built and the land, etc. And it's just a really encouraging, I hope you'll find it encouraging if you're li- living in the Michigan area and you're looking for alternatives or solutions when your child is of age, uh, this would probably be one to be, this would probably be one to consider. And so we just like to highlight some incredible stuff that's going on in the community. So without any further ado, uh, this is a special episode. I hope you enjoy this interview. Hey everybody, this is Jill Escher, roving reporter for the Autastic Podcast, and I am sitting here in Northern California with a most incredible autism mom. She's from Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Michigan, but she came here to visit us. Thank you, Krista. Krista Mason, welcome. Thank you, Jill. It's wonderful to be here. I may never go back to Michigan. (laughs) This is beautiful, yeah. Well, we're happy to have you, and we are going to talk about your amazing undertaking Mm -hmm. called Benjamin's Mm -hmm. Hope. Now, I don't know about you listeners, but for me, uh, one of the things I panic about, oh, I don't know, on an hourly basis, (laughs) (laughs) is what's going to happen to my kids and where are they going to live, you know, when I get old and die? Who's going to take care of them? Um, And a lot of us dream Mm. about a special place where our special kids can live safely and happily. Mm -hmm. But Krista... You're different than the rest of us. You dreamed and you did it. I, I did. You did. Yeah, right. So yeah. you created a residential community mm-hmm. in Michigan called Benjamin's Hope. That's um, right. Can you tell us a little bit about it? 
Yeah, yeah, I can. It is inspired by Ben. I'll tell you a little bit about Ben. Ben is 23 now and um, six feet tall, 240 pounds, and wonderful, delightful fellow, but really struggles with dysregulation. So for Ben, you know, since he was a youngster, when when he's feeling anxious, he's a force. And and so early on, we started looking at what's you know what's adult life going to look like for Ben, and researching models around the country and. And truly, my heart broke for what I saw. And um, and when he was a youngster, and I was still thinking perhaps we were coming out of autism because we're doing 40 hours of ABA and um, sensory integration training and secretin and everything, you know, that people were doing in that day, everything right? Everything on that list. Everything yeah. on that list. The diet. We did prism glasses. Did you do prism no. glasses? No, no. <laughs> okay, so don't do prism glasses. It didn't get us very far. But, you know, he looked really cute in the prism glasses. But at any rate, we're doing all these interventions, um, you know, with that promise that he was going to be um, indistinguishable from his peers by first grade. Ah, dreams. Yes, yeah. Dr. Lovas promised. And and so first grade came and it went and we were far, far from indistinguishable. And, and, and looking at models that served adults and truly just, you know, heartbroken over what we were seeing. So we had a picture in our head of this extraordinary farmstead community where men and women could live and have meaningful and purposeful work and community and um, be involved in the broader community too. So um, it was years of of that vision kind of floating around in my head and thinking, ah, that's a great idea for somebody else to do. For somebody else to do. Somebody else should do that really great idea because we're coming out of autism. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I, I shared the idea with my father in law when Ben was just about four and then when he was eight or nine years old I think they were seeing with more clarity than than that I was this was yes. here to stay that's right this autism thing ain't going away that's right that's mm-hmm. right Ben was making progress but you know mm-hmm. smidge of progress yeah. and and my father-in-law said to me one day he said Krista where are you with the idea for the farm and I remember feeling kicked in the gut because he was making me look honestly at where Ben was and he said it's time for you to start Mm. so we did well tell me a little bit about Ben's hope like how big is it how many people live there who lives there let me give Give us the the, uh, yeah the basics the basics well let me give you a word picture pretend you're in Holland Michigan let's pretend it's summertime right (laughs) summer in in Michigan (laughs) right now in Holland Michigan you got black ice and snow so let's pretend it's summer Mm -hmm. um you would approach Ben's hope and you would um it's a 40 acre campus and there's a beautiful Amish style barn and alpacas and goats and bunnies and chickens as you drive into the campus behind that is a 12,000 square foot building which is our community center and we offer all kinds of programs for the broad community there and then you wind back from there and it's a neighborhood just like any of our neighborhoods Mm. six beautiful kind of farm style homes with big front porches and um and 30 men and women live there so we have between three and 500 people a week on campus for various kinds of programs and we're out and about our community all the time but the residential portion serves 30 people okay so 30 people with disabilities that's right most of them with an autism diagnosis but not everybody wow 30 people yeah yeah. so about five per house that's right yeah yeah and then how much how many staff live 
live there and how ah, many staff come in? Good question. So at our level of licensing, we're in Michigan, what's called specialized residential, which means we have to provide 24-7 wake staff. So that eliminates the option for a live-in staff model. Oh, right. Okay. It's kind of like a ha- hospital staff model. Okay. Right. So we have 90 staff. 90, 90 staff for staff. 30 yes. individuals. Yes. Well, okay. part of that is we have a lot of college students mm-hmm. um, from Hope College, which is mm-hmm. nearby in Grand Valley, going into special ed or social work. So it's a great, great experience for them. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, autism, not not a cheap condition, by it's the way. Not, it's not. And, and the men and women that we're serving, you know, if mm-hmm. we were to imagine them living 40 years earlier, mm-hmm. they are for the most part, profoundly challenged by autism. So they would have been individuals who would have been institutionalized, right? right? So right. we're providing intensive care for these men and women. Right. Um, and what are some of the things that go on at Ben's Hope? I know people live there. Yes, But can right. you describe some of the activities yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, right. So, well, I've described a little bit of what the, about what the campus looks like, right? Mm-hmm. So the men and women that are, are finished with their schooling years, we have something remarkable in Michigan that education goes through the age of 26. Who knew? Isn't that amazing? I had no idea. You're going to flock. Here in California. Everybody's going to flock to Michigan. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ben's still in school. So Ben's in school, but only four of our 30 are still in school. The rest, um, for the most part, participate in our program that runs Monday through Friday called Life Enrichment. So they are spending time developing skills on the campus and in the community. So they might, in, <laughs> in the nice weather, they might be caring for the alpacas and taking care of the chickens and the goats and learning skills in horticulture. And then they're also volunteering in the community and developing skills pre-vocational skills that for some might lead to an employment situation. So they're volunteering at um, our museum and at the Humane Society. They're involved in a number of different activities in the community. Now, just to position us, Holland is east of Lansing? Yes, Holland is on the west coast of Michigan. So if you picture the mitten, Yes. We're, we're on the far west, right along Lake Michigan. Oh, okay. Right, right. So the westernmost point. Right. Okay. Haven't been there, but I'm going to have to visit. Come in okay. the lovely weather, Jill. Okay. Don't come right now. So you... <laughs> yeah. Even with my ice skates on. Yeah, you could. So you uh, you have this pre-vocational yes, program. Yes, right. Yes. Um, you have a residential program. Right. You have sort of this agricultural component mm-hmm. right um you also have a faith aspect we do to it. we do yeah kirk who's one of the hosts he's uh-huh. the, the son of missionaries and ah, um, okay yeah, this is sort of uh, something he could definitely relate sure. to he'd yeah. be really interested in this yep yep so describe to us the community of faith that you've built right. there well we talk about ben's hope as a live work play worship model and and that originated years ago as we were developing the concept of Ben's Hope and we were looking at what makes life full and wonderful for people um, these four components a safe and nurturing home that you want to be in that's dignified and beautiful um, work is referring to purposeful and meaningful engagement play is play right? Just Mm -hmm. the joy of life. And then worship refers to, you know, it's important for many people to have a spiritual centeredness to -hmm. their life. So we are a faith-based effort. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I I look at models around the country and, you know, what what makes 
someplace is really special, often it is that because I think what that brings, um, regardless of what faith practice you're coming from, is a centered um, culture where people are really drawn to something that's more important than just the daily work of it. They feel missionally connected with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I totally hear you. I think people who are in the field of caring for adults Mm, with disabilities, they do a better job if they're doing it from their heart and, you know, in the service of a greater mission, Uh, right? Rather than just, you know, getting the $12 paycheck. Right, Right. exactly. Right, because this is hard work. I mean, we know as parents what this is, right? Oh, yeah. And and if you're not approaching this as I'm called for a purpose here to be part of life with these men and women, um, you will probably find a day where you'd rather work at Starbucks, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Because... You don't want to get kicked right. and scratched. You on a don't, day. and it's yeah. hard work. And you know, sometimes, you know, I had an interesting conversation recently. Um, a neighboring county asked me to participate in this discussion about why are people seeking specifically Ben's Hope so frequently in our Western Michigan community? And you know, I'm sitting with all these, you know, important people in our public health care system, you know, policymakers and whatnot. And I said, it's love. Mm-hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have lots of wonderful settings, but what Mm -hmm. we want for our children, our adult children, we want them to be loved and cherished. The atmosphere of a place matters so much. It's the culture. Yeah, the culture, what infuses the feelings people have there. And And it affects the quality Mm -hmm. of interactions and relationships. And, you know, you can build a nice building, a nice home. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. But that doesn't ensure that men and women will live in a place where they're valued and seen as um, Mm -hmm. dignified individuals. And so so I think, you know, that idea of a faith centered community Mm -hmm. is is what sets, I think, Ben's hope apart and other places perhaps similar. Yeah, uh, that's wonderful. Now, I am a very pragmatic person, so (laughs) I have to ask you this question. Tell me, how much does it cost to uh, live there? Yeah, <laughs> and the big question. how much money did you have to raise <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Well, to do this? Let me start with the how much we had to raise. Um, okay. The board was committed from day one to being debt-free. Okay. Because we are serving right now all men and women who rely on Medicaid waiver funding. Yeah, and Medicaid waiver funding mm-hmm. basically is federal funding That's people. Right. Um, that is directed at people who would otherwise be institutionalized, right. but instead live right. outside of institutions. Mm-hmm. And that's called a waiver. Like they're being Correct. waived from an institution. It's like protected funds that yeah. are for that purpose. And the reality for any Medicaid-funded setting like Ben's Hope is it's going to fall short. It's, oh, it's yes. It's not going to cover the cost of care. In fact, Believe it covers, me, we hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. It oh, covers yeah. 70 to 75%. So the board, knowing that that was the population of folks mm-hmm. that we were going to be serving, committed to being debt-free on the project from day one. Mm-hmm. So what that meant is I had to raise a lot of money yes. before we were ever able to even start construction. So that was about $13 million. $13 million. Yeah, which probably yeah. out here would be here astronomically. Would, yes. Do you, the house next door to us <laughs> just sold for $13 million. Right, right. So. Well, in West Michigan, $13 <laughs> million goes a long <laughs> way. Yeah. Yep, the yeah. price of dirt. Right, the price right. of dirt. Well, but, the dirt was donated. Oh, the land Isn't was donated. That amazing? The oh. land was donated to wow. us. 40, 40-acre property. Oh, what an angel, yeah, whoever that was. Is amazing. Yeah. Bless her or him. Yeah. Yeah. So to live there, though, right. the people are on this Medicaid waiver. That's right. So they get federal funding for the most part they do. to pay, yeah. uh, uh, you know, their way. Right. Um, 
And you have to raise additional money. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the way that it works is we're a contracted provider with a number of counties in West Michigan. So essentially, people that live there have three buckets of funding. They have their SSI, which mm-hmm. is their rent, and that's prescribed by the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have... SSI a, is a Social Security. Yeah, yep. right, right. And it's only allowable for rent. It can't be used for direct care. Right. So that's what rents the home that they're living in for them. And then they have a modest food subsidy called a bridge card in Michigan and then the most key part of of the funding is what's called community living supports so that's where the waiver dollars are being used and -hmm. that's what goes to our direct care workers Got it, yep. which I'm sure is the most costly part of your model, right. of any model. Well, yeah. and when you're serving mm-hmm. folks with fairly profound mm-hmm. and complex, you know, think about the autism spectrum. Oh, yeah. I'm serving the folks that are on the... <laughs> on the JJ side. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you know, I can talk about my son, Ben, you yeah. know, 23 years old, 200 some pounds. Um, you would perceive his level of function to be perhaps similar to a two-year-old child. Mm -hmm. What I know is his intelligence is vastly beyond what Mm -hmm. he's able to express. Sounds like my son, yeah. Yeah, but when when Ben is is angry and dysregulated, it's huge, Mm -hmm. and it can be frightening. Mm -hmm. So... Every person-centered plan, of course, prescribes what their staff ratio is. But we have folks anywhere from a one-to-one staff ratio to a one-to-four. Got it. And that's what determines the cost. Oh, you're amazing for doing this. And you (laughs) still look pretty good. (laughs) I put my lipstick on today. Oh, man, I think a project like this would put me in the grave. Krista, thank you so much for visiting us on Autastic. And um, if anyone wants to learn Mm -hmm. more, where do they go Go on the web? Go to our website, um, benjaminshope.net. Benjaminshope.net, not .org. Not not .org. .org. It was already taken. Yeah. So, (laughs) how many Benjamins Hope can there be? Apparently, more than one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Krista. My pleasure. Well, that's our interview. We uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it encouraging. And uh, it's, always, it's always encouraging to find out there's great people doing great things out there and that you're not alone. And there's people really trying to do something to make a difference, to try to make a difference in the lives of these young people who uh, have this condition. And uh, it was also, if you look at the website, they also assist people, it looks like with the downs, a different, a few different uh conditions and so it's 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 exciting it's an exciting time guys you can send us as always your emails at autasticpodcast at gmail.com or directly to me because sometimes the spam's going on with that one i don't know kirk smith comedy at gmail like us on facebook add us on instagram graham k comedy mine is kirk smith comedy guys have a great week you can do it